0: God, praise God. Anybody glad to be in the presence of the Lord today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like to welcome everyone today, all of our guests. You're a guest with us today. We're so glad to have you. You're joining us online today, wherever you're watching us from. That you're blessed by this service as well. I'd like to recognize a couple of people here this morning. First off, uh, Brother Archie Baldwin and his wife. For those of you that have no idea who that is, that is Sister Pat Grossbach and formerly Nina Gannett, now Smoots. Brother, He's in town visiting his mother, and it's great to have them in service with us today. Amen. And uh, it's also great to have Brother Bill Lewis's wife and children and his in-laws, brother and sister Tiller, pastor in Kentucky, with us today. Welcome. Thank you for sharing your husband, father, son-in-law to miss Brother Bill when he leaves, which is just around the corner. I know his family's happy for that, but amen. I want to read one verse to you before you are seated. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8. Hebrews 13 and verse 8, a very simple verse. Some of you probably can quote it. Jesus... Christ the same yesterday and today and notice it doesn't say tomorrow that would kind of be that we're still having technical issues so again you can turn around and look on the back wall if you'd like if you don't have a bible or a device it doesn't say Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. Because if it said that, which would seem like the logical thing to say, I mean, if you say yesterday, today, the next thing would be tomorrow. But it says he's the same yesterday, today, but then it says, and forever. Because tomorrow would sort of imply a finite thing, tomorrow. But it says forever. So yesterday, today, and then ever how much time there will be, he will be the same. I have a one word title for you this morning. That word is simply this, precedent, precedent. Father, thank you for your presence that we feel in this place today, for your spirit that has already ministered and worked in this service today, touching hearts and lives. Thank you for what you've already done. God, I believe that there are some people in this place today that you desire to minister to through your word. There are some lives that you want to touch and transform today. I pray that faith would be in this sanctuary to be mixed with your word, that it might profit us as individuals. I trust you today. I depend on you, Lord. I trust you today for your anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus name. Amen. I bless you you may be seated. If you know basically anything about law, you have heard the word precedent. That is perhaps where we most often hear it. Webster's dictionary defines pre- precedent as an earlier occurrence of something similar. It is something done or said that may serve and is as an example or rule to authorize or justify a subsequent act of the same or analogous kind. And then came the Cambridge Dictionary defines precedent as this. A previous action, situation, or decision that can be used as a reason or example for a similar action or decision at a later time. So it is a common thing in law that you go back and you find out, is there a similar case? Is there a case that compares to the case you are now in? And you look for precedent. Hopefully, you find precedent that works in your favor. You want to find precedent of something that has happened in the past that would be used towards your advantage. Now, the Cambridge Dictionary is not a religious, biblical dictionary like Strong's or other dictionaries, but I I think this is a pretty powerful definition that could be included in any religious dictionary. And I want to read it to you again. A previous action, situation, or decision that can be used as a reason or example for a similar action or decision at a later time. Something that has happened in the past. Something that has taken place in the past that can be an example for an expectation in the present. And so the scripture tells us very clearly, very plainly, very simply that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. the same, so understand that when it says that Jesus Christ is the same, it is the same thing to say that God is the same. A little more response there would be nice. It is It is the same thing to say that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I go back to the Old Testament before the birth of Jesus and I find God who was the same or He was Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh. So when I, when I read that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, as far back as I can go in time and see what God has done, there is precedent That in 2019, if he did it before, he can do it again. If he did it before... He can do it again. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to preach to me for a moment so you don't have to put your guard up. But I, I've been a little stirred lately by, I believe, by the Holy Ghost. I, actually, I think chastise would be a correct word at how discouraged and depressed that I get when I look at the world around us. When I look at what is going on in society and used to, it was what we read in the newspapers or saw in the news that was taking place some other country far away. But now all of that stuff is in our own backyard. I don't want to make anybody mad today if you can't see from where you are. I have a a little whale. My my kids gave me this. I think my daughter did. I got a little whale and it's... It's, it's got the American flag on it. If that offends you today, that's your problem. How sad is it that a flag was burned outside of the White House on July 4th? And for all of you that want to critique and criticize the nation that we're in, you are absolutely right. It is far from perfect. But please show me one nation, present or in all of history, that was perfect. And while this nation that we live in may be full of issues and problems, there's still another side to the coin that causes the, our problem... Oh my goodness, I need to stick with the message. Our, our challenge that we face is people coming to this country. Our issue is not people leaving this country. That's why... Uh, we got some guests, so I'm going to try to be a little more dignified than I feel like right this was so far not in the notes I wish some of those celebrities who declared if so and so or this person gets elected they're leaving have you ever noticed not one of them that's ever declared that has done that because with all of the issues and the faults and failures of the country that we live in there's still another side I've had the privilege and the blessing of traveling a lot of places. And I'm always happy to come home. I am completely lost as to why I got off on all of that. Anybody know? why I really need to learn how to stick to my notes then I don't have to stand here embarrassed before you. I do feel a little bit better, though, after getting that off my, off my chest. He, oh, I know, there we go. Worked on a little pride there, and now I got it back. I, I look at all the junk, and I, I'm getting so discouraged and so depressed. And I felt a little bit chastised by the Holy Ghost because when I read the scripture and even when I read sometimes throughout religious history I find some times where there is precedent for some cultures and societies where it was, it was bad. Where things were a mess and things were going in the wrong direction. But in the middle of all of that, and in spite of all of that, God stepped onto the scene and God did some things that were contrary to the direction that the world or that culture was going. Paul says where sin abounds, and if you don't know it, sin is abounding. But where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. There is some precedent that no matter how dark the darkness may be, the light can shine in to the darkness and the darkness cannot overpower it. I've come to encourage some folks here today. I I don't know what it is you're dealing with. I don't know what it is you're going through. But I got a feeling it wouldn't take me but just a few moments to find something in this book that is precedent for what you're dealing with. It wouldn't take me but a few moments to find something in this book that relates to what you're going through and show you some precedent for what God has done in the past. And therefore, it becomes something that you have a right to expect God to do it today. Oh, hallelujah. What's awesome is not only will he do... What he's done before. Not only can he do what he's done before. But every now and then he'll do a new thing. In fact the prophet Jeremiah, or Isaiah prophesies that. The Lord says in Isaiah 43 and verse 19. Behold I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I got news for somebody today. Maybe what you're dealing with, God, you don't see anything in Scripture where God has dealt with that thing. But I've come to tell you God can do a new thing. He may not have done it before, but precedent tells me there is no situation, there is no problem, there is no difficulty that is bigger than my God. So what I'm dealing with may be different. But if there's nothing before that he couldn't handle, there never will be anything he can't handle. Are you lacking today? You got some needs in your life today? There's precedent. There's precedent that God can provide basically something from nothing. He can feed 5,000 plus people with five loaves and two fishes. Let me tell you something. If God can feed 5,000 plus, the estimates are there were as many as fifteen to 20,000 people in that crowd because 5,000 was the men. And, and, and you know what? Jesus isn't going to feed the men and leave the ladies and the kids hungry. But 5,000 plus people were fed by five loaves and two fishes. If he can feed 5,000 people with a lunch from a boy, are you telling me he can't multiply and make provision for the needs that you have in your life? Are you telling me that he can't be the way maker with whatever it is you're facing today? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? I know some of you don't know me. Those I don't consider myself an optimistic person. I'm not like Mister Positive Peter. My mother, my mother, Positive Peter—that's her turn. He's just positive. She calls my dad that all the time. Your dad is just Positive Peter. I, I I I'm not a pessimist, and I'm not. But I I I consider myself to be kind of a realist. I don't know if that's in the category, but I. But I, I just, I don't know, there's something kind of stirring, but we, we heard it from the man of God both services last week. Both services last week, Brother Green preached it and touched on it. There is a need for an awakening of faith in this congregation. And I know we got guests here today, and, and I, hopefully this will apply to you, but just permit me for a moment to challenge this body of believers. Why are we living below what there is precedent that God has demonstrated that he can do and will do? What chains are there that he can't break? What bondage is there that he can't deliver somebody from? What blindness is there that's warring against the mind that he doesn't have the power and the ability to overcome it? But there's got to be some faith. Forgive me, some of you have heard this many times before, but it's my go-to analogy. And in the same book that I've read from you today, the Scripture says that the Word of God did not profit them. It did not profit in particular the children of Israel because they did not mix it with faith. I, I, I drink coffee in the mornings at home. I like my coffee my way. My kids, especially Esther in particular, has become a coffee connoisseur. We've got pour overs and French presses and this and that. And I don't I just just give me Folgers. <laughs> give me Folgers. Give me Folgers. You can have all that junk. Give me Folgers. <laughs> And I like it, she drinks it, a couple others in the house drink it, with, drink it black. All right, God bless y'all. I am, I am. If you don't know me, I am one of those that is the classic person to hear the statement, why don't you have a little bit of coffee with your sugar? You drink it your way, I'll drink it my way. So I like sugar. We won't talk about how much sugar. I like sugar. I don't want sugar in the raw. My wife, I do you need to try this stuff. It t- it almost tastes. I don't want almost. And then I like I like cream. I like light cream or table cream, not half and half, not powdered, not all that stuff. But if if I if I have the container of cream and the bowl of sugar We used to have this little, little cup or something, little dish. We don't, need, we don't need dishes for my sugar. We need bowls because I don't feel like refilling it every two or three days. <laughs> if, I, if I got the, the cream and the sugar and I pour my coffee and I pick my coffee up and I drink it and spit it out because I can't stand the taste, I have no right to criticize the sugar and the cream because there was no mixture. There is the potential there when everything gets put together to produce something very wonderful. One of my all-time favorite, I'm not a big prankster, but about 20 years ago, Brother Whaley was working in my Oh, one of my one of the offices I had at the church and working on a computer for me, and he was down underneath the desk. I went down to get some coffee and kindly offered him to get him some as well. He drinks his or at least then he drank his with cream, so I came back up and I sat my cup on the desk, and he reached up there. And He took a sip. It's a miracle I didn't have coffee all over my computer. (laughs) There's got to be a mixture. If you sit this morning, and I don't mean this to sound unkind, but if you sit this morning and listen to this message and be a skeptic, do not walk out of here today and criticize the message. And don't walk out of here and criticize the messenger. You have no right to criticize until you've taken the word and taken your faith and mixed the two together. And I've come to tell somebody today, I don't care what you're going through, but you have the right to look back at the precedent of what God has done before and expect God to do it again. We sing it sometimes. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Faith, faith must start with hearing. Faith must start with hearing. Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it is the Word of God, whether it's you reading it or hearing it preached or taught, that is the source of faith. But there is another level of faith. No offense, but your faith will only be so strong if it's just based on hearing. And that is where it must start. But there is another level of faith that is unshakable. Job said it like this. At the end of the book of Job, after everything he went through, he said, I heard of you with the ear. Before he went through his trial, he says, I, I heard of you with my ear. But after everything he went through and everything God did to restore his life, he said, I have seen you with my own eye. And I can tell you today that to a degree, a faith that is just based on hearing is shakable. If all I'm believing is based on, even if it's the word of God, sorry. Sorry. But when I have seen it with my own eyes, when I have experienced it for myself, that is an unshakable faith. There is nobody that can convince me that God does not answer prayer because I used to hear about the fact that God answered prayer, but now I have seen with my own eyes that God answers prayer. I've heard things about God. I've got a grandmother sitting here today. My parents, my, gra- my grandparents, I've got great-grandparents that believe this message, this truth that I believe today. But I'm not here today. Because of all their good stories that I've heard. Did that impact me? Absolutely. Did that inspire some faith? Yes. But it also created precedent. God, if you did it for them, then you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you did it for them, you can do it for me. Uh. I think, I'm, I think I might be bumping that same thing Brother Green was bumping a little bit last week. Precedent. I've got precedent. Paul said it this way. He said, these things, speaking of the children of Israel, these things happen to them for our example. And there's all kind of levels to that, layers to that. But I think one of the layers is when I see the way that God miraculously provided For them in the wilderness. That's an example. Whatever I'm facing. God you've got the power and the ability to do it. you know what is so awesome? Not only is there precedent from Genesis to Revelation. This book is full of precedent. But I stand amongst a group of people today. Where are those that can testify to the fact. That it's not just your faith in what God did in this book That there is the reason you're here But it's because you have seen for yourself You have experienced with your own eyes That what he did before He has done again for you That he has been your provider He has been your deliverer He has been your healer He has been your way maker He has stepped onto the scene Of situations that seemed impossible and all of a sudden he stepped in and did what no one else can do and I've come today call it hype call it what you want to call it I don't care but I believe I've come in the Holy Ghost today to challenge and encourage somebody here this morning that if he's done it before he can do it again if he's done it for somebody else he is no respecter of persons and what he's done for them he will do for you Peter said it this way on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 39 he said for the promise is unto you and to your children To those that are far off. Now, I mean, you, your children, that's getting a little further. And then he says, far off. But then he adds a statement to me that is infinite. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Does anybody today believe that God is still calling? That God is still saving? I don't I don't understand how some I don't understand how some Christians can believe that God is still saving and yet he's not still performing miracles. I don't I don't mean to be offensive but healing something in our body is a lot more is a lot simpler than saving our soul. And if he's got the power to save us, he's got the power to heal us. If he's got the power to save us, he's got the power to do whatever we have need of in our lives. I, 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 I I'm kind of thinking about something lately, and I be very honest with you. As I was feeling after this morning, all week long, I, I thought I was trying to figure out one of two different directions, and then finally. It, Sort of click that I wasn't supposed to be doing one or the other, but tied together there, there's there's some situations in scripture where we uh let me back up before I, before I get to that mark four verse thirty five mark four thirty five and the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them. Now I know this, this next statement is kind of just a, nothing all that dramatic or profound or whatever. But as you read the rest of this story, it really was a very significant statement. Because he says, let us pass over unto the other side. I, I I know I would imagine from what took, takes place next that when he said that, they just kind of brushed it off as just a typical, natural, obvious statement. We're going to get in the boat and let's go to the other side. But what they did not know at that moment, Oh, geez. What they did not know at that moment Is they were about to encounter A big storm But he said Let's go To the other side And when he said let's go to the other side He already knew Oh Jesus Jesus That the storm was going to cross their path. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was full, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a calm. The problem was when the storm arose, they forgot. He told them in advance, there is another side. Oh, Jesus. I've come to tell somebody today who's in the midst of the storm, there is another side. They, they missed the fact that he was telling them, I know what's coming. I know what we are about to encounter. But we're going to the other side. I'm preaching to some people today that you feel like your ship is going down in the middle of the sea. But he told you before, you're going to the other side. And what you are in right now is not the end. What you are in right now is not the finale. A storm, yes. A storm may be like you have never encountered before. But when you got in the boat, he said, we're going to the other side. And the other side is coming. So, so, so back to the point I started on a moment ago, there, there are characters in the Bible that we have come to speak of them or think of them most of the time in light of their challenge or their trial or their difficulty. Noah, we think of Noah in terms of the flood. We think, in Noah, we think of Noah in terms of building the ark and the 120 years that he spent doing that. But do you know that Noah was over, right? I know this, this, is, this is the Bible, I know it don't make sense now, but it's the Bible and I believe the Bible. He was over 500 years old before God spoke to him to build the ark. After he built the ark and after the flood the Bible says in Genesis 9 verse number 28 and Noah lived after the flood 350 years and all the days of Noah were 950 years and he died there was a whole lot more to Noah's life, than the ark and the flood. There were 500 years of living before, and there were 350 years of living afterwards. Some of you are in the middle of the trial or the difficulty, and everything becomes defined by that. But don't forget, you lived before this. Every now and then you need to remind yourself of some things you've been through in the past and some things God brought you through in the past that there was no reason for you to expect to get through them. You have your own precedent. There was way more to Noah's life than the flood. He lived a whole lot of life after the flood. The other one that to me is exemplifies this really the most is Job. Scripture doesn't tell us exactly, and my study estimates I have found say that he was somewhere around 70 years old, possibly when his tragedy struck. When in one single day, He lost everything. He lost all of his possessions and he lost seven sons and three daughters in one single day. Is that not the focal point we often take with Job? The trial, the tragedy, the difficulties that we went through. He lived 70 years before, he was one of the wealthiest men there was. He had seven sons and three daughters. That's some pretty good living. He loses it all. But listen to what the scripture says. In chapter 42 and verse 16. After this, after the trial, after the tragedy that he went through, he lived 140 years and saw his son's and his sons' sons, even four generations. So Job died, being old and full of days. Oh God, let faith be released in this place today. Because there's some of you, you've had some life before the trial. You've had some good times and some good days before the trial, but some of you have been in it for a little while some of you have been in the middle of the sea for a little while some of you have been in the middle of the tragedy for a little while but I've come today I believe with a word from God to tell some people that there is another side to what you've been going through and you are going to reach the other side and when you get to the other side it's not just going to be survival for the rest of your life it's it's not just going to be somehow just hanging on but there, there is a full of days life. Job did not spend the rest of his life grieving and mourning the loss because what he had lost God gave it back to him and gave it back even greater than what he had and I know there's some of you today that you're in the middle of some things but I've come to tell somebody there is some precedent not only is there precedent in this book not only is there precedent in this sanctuary but some of you've got precedent in your own life of what God has done in the past to bring you through some things. And there is another side. There is another side. Uh, I know it may not look like it with the eyes. I know it may not seem like it with natural perception, but I believe the Holy ghost is trying to do something and is trying to talk to somebody right now in this sanctuary. I think some of you have settled in. This is my lot in life. This is my future. I've got no reason to expect anything better than this for my future. The rest of my days are going to merely be survival, but I've come to tell somebody today, I've got some precedent for you, that what the past has been does not determine what the future will be. Ruth, Ruth leaves with her sons and her husband, her two sons, excuse me, Naomi. Naomi leaves with her husband and her two sons. She leaves Bethlehem because famine comes to Bethlehem and they go to Moab. And they live for a while in Moab But eventually her husband dies And then her two sons die And she's left with two daughters-in-law And she says to them I'm going to go back to Bethlehem I'm going back home But this is where you're from This is what you know And she releases her two daughters-in-law To stay in Moab One of them says Thank you I'll take you up on the offer and she stays. But the other one, who the book is named after, Ruth, says, I am going with you. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Amen. And so Ruth and Naomi come back to Bethlehem, and when they get there, people start to greet Ruth. But she cuts them off. It says, don't call me Ruth anymore. Call me Mara. Excuse me, Naomi. Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. Because God hath dealt bitterly with me. She made up in her mind that my future is simply going to be an extension of my past. God has dealt harshly with me. I have lost everything. What my life was, it doesn't resemble that anymore. And she she, she accepted the fact that the rest of her life was going to be one of trouble and sorrow and difficulty. But God, who is rich in mercy, had something else in mind for Ruth and Naomi. And by the time Naomi's life was over, she recognized God has not dealt bitterly with me. God has not been harsh and unkind with me. But God has turned things around. And in fact, God has done some things for me that exceed the expectations I could have ever had. Oh, Jesus. There are some people in this sanctuary right now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm debating in my spirit whether I call your name or not. There's some people in this sanctuary right now that the Holy Ghost has come today to tell you there is precedent there is precedent that whatever it is you're in and whatever it is you're going through is not the way it's always going to be I realize some of you may be in the middle of the storm and it may not turn around today the waters may not still today the wind may not cease today but even if you got a few more days in the storm I've come to tell you in the Holy Ghost today you're going to go to the other side you're going to get to the other side your life is Not going to be defined and identified forever by the trial that you are currently in. God has another side for you. God's got a destination that He has determined. And I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care how impossible it looks. I've come to present you with a precedent today that there is nothing too hard for God and that with God, all things are possible In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, if you're a guest today, if you're a guest today and your life is in the middle of difficulties and trials or you've been through some difficulties and trials, I, I, I'm preaching to you today. I've come to tell you that there is no situation in your life that is too great for God to be able to work out, to turn around, to work for your good. There is nothing. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. In the name of 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 Jesus. The other side. We're going to make it to the other side not going to live the rest of life defined by the trials and the tragedies and the difficulties there there is another side there's another side of restoration there there's another side that's got wholeness there's another side that's got healing as he said through the prophet joel i'm going to restore i'm going to restore the canker worm the caterpillar and the palmer worm of eaten. i'm going to give it back sorry. If it looks like I'm at a loss, I am. I'm just trying to try not to just jump to the next thing and do what seems to be the natural next step because the Holy Ghost Ghost is trying to talk to somebody today. There's some guests that he's trying to talk to and there's some people that come here all the time that he's trying to talk to today. I, I can't help what it looks like. I can't help what our eyes see. precedent that says God has the power and the ability to get you to the other side stand please in the name of Jesus 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 Name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, I'll miss it by trying rather than miss it by not doing it. So here we go, Sister, Sister Kelly Soloviev. There's another side. I know, I know you've become accustomed to the storm. I know, I know you've accepted a name change that you used to be. Naomi. But I tell you in the Holy Ghost today, Sister Kelly, there's precedent. There's another side. It may not all change today. It may not all change tomorrow. But there's another side. You hear me today, Sister Kelly. There's another side. Brother and Sister Evans, I know you've weathered some storms. I know you've been in some storms. but I believe in the Holy Ghost today. When he sent you on the journey, there's another side. What you've got left to give to the kingdom is not done. What you've got left to contribute to the kingdom is not behind in fact. I declare in the Holy Ghost today the things that you have to give to the kingdom. The great, the greatest of those things are ahead and not behind. You may not get to the shore today. You may not get to the other side today, Brother Evans. But I declare to you in the Holy Ghost today, when you launched out, there was another side that God said you were going to, and He meant what He said. I may may call some others of you in a moment, but right now, that's all I feel for right now. But what I do feel right now is to open this altar to somebody that something will rise up inside of you. And instead of saying, I wonder if you're talking to me, God. I I hope you're talking to me, God. Something will rise up and say, I am going to lay hold of the word that's been spoken. I am going to take hold of the word that is spoken today. And I don't care if my name gets called. And I don't care who else God is talking to today. I will possess for myself. I'm gonna stand on the precedent I'm gonna stand on the precedent of what God has done in His Word I'm gonna stand on the precedent of what God has done throughout scripture that He can do it again I'm gonna stand on the precedent of what God has done for others in my lifetime what God has done for others in this place that God can do and will do for me come on somebody needs to just let your faith rise right now you say I've got faith but I've got doubt that's all right. God can work with your doubt as long as you're honest about your doubt I believe God you can do it help my unbelief I believe God you can get me to the other side help my doubt help my fear in the name of Jesus if you don't have a need to respond right now for yourself, would you please be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit? God's talking to you directly and you need to respond. Please do so. But if you don't need to respond for yourself, would you be a conduit right now for the Holy Ghost to use to minister to somebody else? I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being realistic. I'm not telling you that everything's going to change today. It may, but it may not. I'm not telling you everything's going to get fixed this week. God may fix it this week. He may not. But what I've come to tell you today is you're going to get to the other side. And there is precedent that says no matter how great your storm, no matter how tall the mountain in your way, God is able... We'll sing your praise God, is God is yes. able God is able God is Jesus, able
1: God is able you still so keep me within your
0: love And now faith is the substance Of things hoped for yes. And the evidence of things I don't see I may not see it yet, but I'm going to believe it. I may not feel it yet, but I'm going to believe it.
1: I may not be able to touch it
0: yet, but I'm going to believe that God is at work. God is moving and God is ordering my steps. God is going to do for me what he's done for others. God's going to do for me what he's done in my past because he is the same he is the same yesterday today and forever God we declare today that you are the same you You may feel like you're never gonna get there. You may feel like it's never gonna change. But I declare to you today in the Holy Ghost, there's another sign. There is life after. There's life after what you're going through. There's life after the difficulty that you're in. Lamando Robo Kosheya yes. Ramanda Hallelujah,
1: Jesus. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe.